Rush with Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. So now it's fourth and goal for the two, and Texas is going to go for it. Quinn, barking out the single, swings and a slant. Worthy, did he get in? No. They say he's down inside the one-yard line. Billy Bowman hit him. Gabriel, calling for the shotgun snap, has it. Back to throw, looking. Longhorns almost had him. He threw in the end zone, caught touchdown. Nick Anderson with 15 seconds remaining in the game. Final play of the game, barring a penalty. Shotgun snap back to Ewers. Steps up, looks, fires, hit as he throws, but he fires for the end zone, and it is tipped and incomplete. And that'll do it. Oklahoma wins the game. A final drive downfield. And a touchdown throw from Dylan Gabriel into the end zone to Nick Anderson. Gives Oklahoma the victory this afternoon. That's almost better than listening to our highlights, isn't it? Yeah, I, I'll give it up to Craig Way. That was not Dave Hunziker level of disappointment yeah. there. He uh, at least somewhat kept it together. But yeah, man, really I, I, I don't know. I don't know if their crowd mic was booming or that was just the OU into the Cotton Bowl. I tend to think that was the latter because there have been videos that have emerged today, the past couple of days, and these have been awesome, man. Uh, from the Texas side, the Nick Anderson touchdown. That was pretty good. I saw that for the first time today. And the crowd roar there was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, whenever... <laughs> whenever the Texas fan flips him off when yeah, he's it's doing the camera around. so funny. He, he screams, yes! And surrounded by just total silence and a bunch of blank faces. It's pretty funny. That's good stuff. That's it's not going to get old for a while, man. No, not going to get old for a while. Seeing Nor those should videos. it. No, it's it it it, it shouldn't. And even though you were dealt some tough news by uh, uh, for, with Andrew Anthony yeah. last night, which is really unfortunate, still uh, still living in the glory that was OU Texas. I, I guess we can start there. That's unfortunate about Andrew Anthony. Uh, what's what's the impact on this team here moving forward without him now that he's out for the year? Well. You know, he's he's been excellent. Yeah, I, one of the conversations we had all offseason is who's going to be the go-to wide receiver, your, your number one guy. And, you know, statistically, I think it was him. It was him. But, you know, one of the things that, that we talked about pretty early on is, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a go-to guy if you've got a good deep group. And I feel like that's kind of how it's been. I mean, cause the, the distribution of receptions is pretty good. Anthony has 27 Farouk 20 stoops, 29. Like those are your three leaders. And you got three guys that are all pretty close and, you know, fairly close yardage-wise and touchdown-wise. So, I mean, I think it's a good thing. Like, you hate to miss the guy. Obviously, he's been fantastic, and he seems like he's been a great teammate and, you know, everything aside from just the production. But you've already been spreading the ball out a lot. And you put yourself in a situation to lose your number one receiver through six games, and I think is yeah. the point here. And yeah. not not that you wanted to lose him. It stinks. It's unfortunate. It will it will have an impact on this offense. I, mm-hmm. I'm sure. But this is not this is not 2011 when Ryan Broyles goes down in the A and M game late in the year, and you think to yourself, Oh right. my gosh, what are we going to do now moving forward? That's right. But the way that Nick Anderson's playing. And not just Nick Anderson, but Jaleel Farouk, man, coming off one of the best games of his career. You you feel like you can replace that production even down the field, but it's just it's it's still really unfortunate. Really I, unfortunate. I feel like gosh, last year with Farouk, it took kind of until the Texas game for him to get rolling, right? Yeah. Um and he's just coming off of what 
has to be his best game. I mean, it felt like it. I don't know if it's – It may st- not be numbers-wise, but well, it it, is. It, it, is it numbers-wise well, in his career? He had five for 130 – well, I was saying this year. Five for 130 against Texas. He had six for 126 against Tulsa in a touchdown. But point is, Farouk came on strong the second half of the season last year. And I think he's going to have to do that, pick up some of the slack, and it feels like he's in a good spot to do that. And then you're going to have to have a couple of the young guys step up, whether it's Nick Anderson or Jaden Gibson or maybe Gavin Freeman, like whoever it might be. It might be a different guy on a different week. but Yeah, maybe Brennan Thompson gets some, yeah. gets some more opportunities here and there. But it feels like wide receiver as a – if you lost anybody last year, like if Mims were to go down last year, you felt like you would have been in uh, some real trouble. But again, I th- th- this is not a good thing. It's a very unfortunate thing. It will have a factor, but in the offense. But you you've got some guys who you feel like can step up here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and it doesn't change my opinion that uh, the OU offense should throw up big numbers in the final six games of the regular season, hmm. given the competition. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mine's not changed there. Uh, nor should it. Nor should it. I I think that offensively, we're kind of in a position where, yeah, we should we should really start to hit a stride here. UCF has been giving up a bunch of points. Kansas, while their offense is is really explosive, they've given up points. So, yeah, you should be able to crank up some offensive numbers here down the stretch. But, you know, like always, you've got a big target on your chest. And these teams are going to be gunning for you. And it's just the pressure and the fact that you have to step up and perform on every single week is only going to increase from this point forward. 405, does Andrew Anthony have any eligibility left? He's listed as a junior, so the answer to that is yes. And I guess the question now is... Will he return next year? I don't have any inside info on that. Maybe you do. But after an injury that's going to keep him out for the rest of the year, I, I would guess he probably comes back next year, may, may need to come back. I, I would be shocked if he didn't. I mean, he seems like a guy that was really happy with being here and thankful to be here and was a big part of the offense. I... I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. And, you know, you never want to get injured, but if someone told you you have to be injured, uh, a season-ending injury, it's better for it to happen early than it is late uh, to where you miss spring and a lot of the summer just trying to rehab and get back to try and work into training camp. Eight months kind of feels like the new ACL surgery and, and, and come back timeline so you think about it right now may is whenever you can maybe start to expect him if everything goes well to start transitioning into some football drills and have summer workouts hopefully to get up to full speed and then be a full go come training camp uh this one just simply says from the 918 Red River rivalry, the best game in college football. And you know what? I'm inclined to believe that. I haven't been to every game in college football, Ohio State, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn. But with this game being so unique, uh, you cannot convince me that there is a better college football experience than what we've experienced multiple times down there at the fair, and especially on Saturday. There, there, can't, there cannot be anything out there in college football that can match up to, to that, man. It's just it's incredible, unbelievable, the whole thing, man. It's so unique. Nothing else is like it. It's amazing. Well, I was wondering, because OU and Texas fans can – Scream that until they're blue in the face and no one really is going to care until – well, not until. I know there's a lot of people that, that say that. But I was I was wondering, like, if 
there has has there been any reaction from like McAfee or anyone that was there for maybe the first time? They yeah, they thought it was uh, again. McAfee was again like I told you yesterday was yeah. like, uh, whoa, bro, o- Oklahoma <laughs> brings in a half the stadium every year to Baker. He just he just didn't really understand the well, dynamics. I get, I'm which thinking is though, like after watching it there, I I don't know. They were there for it's. I don't know how you couldn't, man. Right, how you could I'm go saying. to that for the and, and I was reading a story today on Greg Sankey, and he wanted to walk through the concourse and kind of see it all up and close and personal for the first time. Apparently, he he had fair food on his uh, suit, which I'm like, okay. <laughs> so he's my commissioner, and now he's very relatable to me. If he can't go around without getting food on all of his clothes at a day like that. So, yeah, I don't know how you don't go to that game and say, I've never seen anything like it. This is absolutely nuts. It's incredible, especially on Saturday. Now, it's amazing. did he get a beer spilled on him and have an argument with a carny? Like if, well, who didn't on Saturday? That's what I'm saying. Who if didn't? He, if he pulled off could the... you see? Could you see Greg Sankey in his suits, and he's got, like, um, white powder from a funnel cake, not anything else, or uh-huh. mustard on his pants? And he's walking out with a giant purple dinosaur that he won at the Midway. Yeah. and That's a photo. Hopefully there's some cell phone video floating around out there of him getting pissed off that he can't use cash, that he's got to go <laughs> Seriously. get 40 tickets, tickets is $40? Or- <laughs> what is this crap? So I'm two tickets short of a beer, and now i got to go stand back in line to get 10 tickets when I only need two tickets? Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. It's frustrating, but it adds to the experience, I suppose. Zane says, Josh Pate said it's the best rivalry game in college football. Matthew from Muskogee says, Josh Pate loved it, says it's the best. Yeah. Tulsa Boomer says, what about Florida, Georgia? I mean, neutral site game, which Georgia wants to move it away from that neutral site game. But the setting is is what's different, man. Like, not in the middle of the state fair and all the madness that goes in with it. I just – you won't ever find anything like OU Texas. Thank God. Well, here's the thing. I, it's it's hard to honestly. I, I've never been to Florida, Georgia, so I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I can just see the game and see that everything's different. How do they? So they do it neutral site, and I'm sure they do. They split the crowd up. They split it, but they split it opposite of what oh it's like the middle of the end zone yeah yeah yeah, to to that side yeah but you know like florida is they're blue and orange Uh georgia's orange and black so for ou texas it's just straight crimson on one side straight burn orange on the other and i feel like florida and georgia it's split differently and it's not the Solid colors on both sides that you get at OU right. Texas. Are you? I was th- actually thinking about this at the, um, at the game. Are, are you surprised we've never done like a wide out or something for our half of the? No. Why? Why would they do a wide out? I don't. Out on I don't that, know. I just. I. You would think that at some point they would uh, coordinate. We seem to coordinate randomly for different things like we coordinate and stripe for uh like i don't know who'd we do it for this year did i say orange and black for georgia i meant red and black if i said orange and black my bad i meant blue and orange for florida uh red and black for georgia obviously but um no i the 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 crimson and the burnt orange is like it's color wise it's it's perfect man on that day it's good i like it i I, like it i I hope that there's never a uh, wide out on one end of the cotton bowl Let's hope that that's never the case. Uh, Ohio Sooner, I've been to both OU Texas and Ohio State Michigan. There is no comparison of a home-and-home rivalry to the atmosphere of the Cotton Bowl, no matter how good or bad the teams are. And here's the thing, too, and this is how it works. Everything's all about perception in this sport. Like, the SEC gets this bump up because it's the SEC. Right. Now that OU and Texas are about to be SEC-bound, I bet that this rivalry is – it's always been thought of highly, but I bet it's thought of just a little bit higher now now that it's an SEC rivalry game compared to a Big 12 rivalry game. I think that's stupid, but you, you well, know how it works. Uh, of course. The the naysayers before who were like, oh, you know, it's a big game mm-hmm. are now going to be saying, well, you know, the SEC has, you know, the best rivalries in the sport, and they'll obviously throw that one in there. But, yeah, it it was incredible. It was 
I don't know. Is is that what we should expect from this point forward? It feels like feels like the the games keep getting somehow better and better. Well, Obviously, it, last year is, it depends on where you think the two programs are headed, right? Like I, I think the the text said even when one team is down or maybe even both teams are down, it's still an incredible atmosphere. But Saturday just had a little bit different of a feel going into it. So if you feel like under Sark that Texas is going to continue to improve and prove and OU is headed on the right track, then, yes, you can't expect that moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm just – it's it's funny that people thought that maybe OU Texas would change or whatever going to the SEC. No, there's no way. They don't – OU – or even Texas doesn't even engage in a conversation with the SEC if they can't keep that game where it is and when it is and and how they want it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's not even a, a conversation. Jeff from OKC, Florida and Georgia would be better if they went back to calling it the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, but it's still no OU Texas. Yeah, what's up with this sport having to change rivalry names over the past 20 years? Uh, Red River Shootout, no more. World's largest outdoor cocktail party no more. Dude, the Civil War is no more. You're you're asking a question that you clearly know the answer to. I know the answer it's, to it. I just wanted to put it on you. We are we live in a country where people are so comfortable they have to create things to get upset about. Like calling a football game a shootout is somehow offensive to somebody, right? It's ridiculous. It's it's basically it's said every single Saturday night or Sunday afternoon. Uh oh, we got ourselves a shootout here, high scoring football game. But no, you can't. It's just whatever. It's dumb. <laughs> well, in better news, someone just texted that Tool is coming to OKC on February third. I don't know <sighs> if you've seen that or not. They ruined it. I was about to say I've got some important news about the future that I need to share with everyone on the other side. And that's that uh, I will be attending the Tool concert in Oklahoma City on February 3rd. Yeah, and I may be even going to Dallas on February 2nd. Why not? Jeez, this guy's going to be a roadie for Tool in the upcoming tour. Back-to-back -to -back nights? Weren't you, uh, weren't you planning last summer on going somewhere the Sunday after OU Texas to see – was it? Yeah. What, what what concert was that? Somewhere in California. Yeah, it was. Oh gosh, what was it called? Um, I don't know. You had you had Tool and Metallica and ACDC and like all of these rock bands were all at the same festival uh, this past weekend. Yeah, it finished Sunday night. So yeah, I was planning on it, and then I was like, man, I'll just go to the Salt Lake City show which is going to be Wednesday night. Um, but I backed out of that. And you know what? It's just, ah, wouldn't you know that, like, literally the day after I was like, I just can't pull it off. They announced they're coming to Oklahoma City. You got to love it. You got to love it. Good things come to those who wait, I'm I guess, right? You. It's amazing. I may start taking a day off from now until then. Just to gear up for it, you know? That wouldn't shock me. Oh, no. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. It's the rush on the ref. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We're inside the Buffalo Wild Wings studio today. Keep the text coming on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439. Just confirm with uh, Steve Stutzman. He was wanting to hop on today, so we'll get Steve uh, coming up in less than an hour at 4.20 today. Steve joined us on Friday, which is always fun, so we'll get his reactions from uh, OU Texas over the weekend. Saw him uh, at halftime. I told him that OU is the better team, and uh, Steve agreed with me. Steve agreed with me at halftime. OU is a better football team. It's the way it played out. It felt that way. Texas fans don't feel like that, but that's – that that is the case. Yeah. That's interesting that they feel then what do they I mean I can understand it to some degree like it, okay if you're a Texas fan and you look at that game 
you just say, okay, well, we had it inside the one and didn't punch it in. Like, that's not going to happen again. We had three turnovers. That's not going to happen again. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out. Roughing the punter call. I, I, yeah. Everything negative that went against them, it was their own undoing rather than it, – it's actually – and I look at it more as funny and typical arrogance from them more than disrespectful. But the way that they've acted and have treated this game is pretty disrespectful to the OU football program. You know what I mean? Like no credit whatsoever given to the opponents. Yeah. Like even Sork has said – you know, hey, if this is our worst, then then we're going to be okay. Right. Well, um, <laughs> it's that's fascinating. Sark, who I think is an excellent offensive coordinator and has designed a a really good offense, kind of buckled in this game, and. I don't know that you can necessarily just say, "Oh, well, that won't happen next time." You know, it, that the the final drive, the way they handled that was was interesting. You know, the goal line package, the four plays that they ran down there, when you just kind of take a step back and examine them, that was interesting. So, and you know, the three turnovers, like those are. Three earned fluky about it. Yeah. turnovers. Those aren't fluky. Yeah. Well, and there's a bunch of people that are saying, well, you know, the one wasn't Quinn Ewer's fault down on the goal line where when, the one that Kendall Dolby picked off. I, in what world is that not Quinn Ewer's fault? Now, could his player have made a catch on that ball? Perhaps. Uh, but he threw a risky ball and got his tight end annihilated, and the ball, you know, flips up in the air. That's what happens whenever you you take a risk. That's on the quarterback. It it feels to me that a lot of Texas fans watched their team go out to Tuscaloosa and win in week two, and that was it, man. That that's like yeah. that's the final say as to what Texas is as a football team for 2023. It did not matter that they struggled a bit against Rice. It did not matter that they were tied 10-10 going into Wyoming. In their eyes, it was, no, we went out to Alabama. We played well. That automatically means we are a top three team in the country. And if we happen to lose a game, it'll only be because we didn't play well because I watched them go out to Alabama one week and win. Yeah. That's that's. They, they made up their minds then that regardless moving forward, they, they are a great team. That's and, right. and you can't tell us otherwise. And that's just not – it's not the way it works, man. Not nope. the way it works at all. Nope. And I'm telling you that there is so much in that game for Oklahoma to improve on. It's crazy. I, we didn't come close to playing our best game. Now, we made some awesome plays. Guys really stood up and performed whenever they needed to. Dylan Gabriel performed great whenever he needed to. Um, you know, defensively, we got stops and we got turnovers whenever we needed to. But there are so many things in there that we've got to improve and get better. It's, it's, it's almost overwhelming you know, how much stuff that that is actually in there that we can improve on and mistakes that were made during the game. Because it feels like, you know, just as you get caught up in the moment, it feels like, man, we played awesome. That was, that was, that was great football. And you actually – it's one of those It's never as good as you think, never as bad as you think, right? Yeah. You're coming off the field feeling amazing, and then you go turn on the film, and it's like, oh, my goodness. Well, honestly, man, like, like now that we're a few days removed from it, like the ending of it was incredible, and the way that it worked out, like maybe you don't change anything just because you don't want to change that incredible moment. But the fact remains, you had the ball midfield up 10 with a chance to end that game. What was it, late in the third quarter? So yeah. as great as that game was, you won the game by four, but I okay. How, how about this? I can much, I, I can a lot easier get to a point 
that OU wins that game by double digits, then Texas should have won that game. Does that make sense? Like, when I look at that game now, I think, well, I think that was more of OU should have won that game by double digits than Texas was the better team and should have won that game. Because really, like, OU had a real, a really good chance to win that game by double digits, and they probably should have. Yeah. Probably should have won that game by multiple scores. Right. I mean, anytime you give up a, a, a fake punt, first down, and they end up getting no points out of that play uh, or out of that drive. But you give up a – I mean, that's essentially a turnover. You give up a fake punt. You um, get a punt blocked for a touchdown. You, there's, there's plenty of mistakes in there, you know. I, but we made fewer mistakes than Texas did. And ultimately, that was the difference. And, again, if Texas wants to claim that, well, we don't really have to change anything, we just played bad, it's that's perfect, fine. Man. No, that's I, on them. Because I, I, think I, sets it perfect I guarantee you 100% that that is not the conversation going on in the coaches' offices up at the Oklahoma facility. They're looking at that and saying – we're lucky we got out of there playing as poorly as we did with the win. I mean, you left the touchdown on the field. You left four points on the field before half. You know, you missed a field goal. There's just – there's stuff absolutely everywhere throughout that game. Nine one eight in the whining about the refs. Should have been a face mask, taunting, P.I., sheesh. Yeah, they – their post-game reaction, again, I go back to they thought they had it made after the Alabama win. But it's the post-game reaction of a fan base that thought they were by far and away the better team, and there's a lot of uh, kicking and screaming going on that they thought they, they were just so convinced going in that they were the better team. All they had to do was show up and win, and they're, they're looking for reasons why they got screwed in that game, not yeah. looking at their own uh, performance there. And, and maybe, I don't know, I don't listen to any Texas media, so I have no idea, but it does seem surprising that I haven't come across a take from from any of the people that were claiming that this is the biggest mismatch in OU Texas and Texas's favor in a really long time. I haven't come across anyone saying maybe we're not as good as we think or thought or you know I because the I, I think for. Our- for the people that were picking 52-17 and 35-13 scores like that, it was, well, it's a setback. No margin for error now. you got to go win out the rest of your games. Not not so much of what you're asking there is, uh, well, did we overvalue this team uh, a little bit? By the way, I meant to play this. Um, speaking of Steve Stutzman, who's coming up at 420, boy, Danny pulled one over on everyone, uh, didn't he? Danny and Jaron Kanick. Apparently the uh, upside-down Longhorn tattoo – yeah. Was uh, not real, and here's what Stutzman said about it last night. Yeah, so actually those are those are fake. Oh yeah, I mean, we got no. it. We got everyone. Nothing <laughs> on the leg. You know, a little sharpie. Like I said earlier, you won't believe what the internet believes, man. <laughs> got him. You told me yesterday that Danny texted you that he got that that tattoo uh-huh. on Sunday. So, Did he tell you that it was a joke or no? Not real ink. He, I guess he didn't technically say. That it was a tattoo. He just sent a picture of it and said, feel like it's only right. So. <laughs> and you at that point thought it was a real legitimate tattoo. Why I mean, wouldn't I? Get, I? I guess he didn't give you a reason to right. think that it was some sort of a joke. Right. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> That's amazing, though, that Ian Canick did that. Oh, it's That's interesting. Great. So. What was the, what do you what's like the plan there? Was it to like just get everyone talking about it, or what? I think the plan is the exactly the way that it planned out is to you know throw some shade at Texas, make everyone uh-huh. think they got a real tattoo, and to do the got him, yeah. got him at what one or two days later. Right. I think that's exactly what the plan was, and I got to tell you, I don't hate it. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> uh, it's. It's interesting, I you know, but it, it's funny. It's like I, I think they were 
probably fishing for the people to say how dumb it is, you know, and then they can say that they didn't actually do it, I guess. Is, is Perhaps that's it, because there was a couple of people I saw that did have that take, and then, you know, ultimately, obviously, it's not real. And so people can come back and be like, you idiot. How could you ever believe that they would have gotten that tattoo, even though there's a bunch of players that have a tattoo like that. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. And uh, we'll hit some of the text messages on the other side. 651-3439, Knipple Meyer text line. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Don't say boo this Halloween, say booyah and head to Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. And we're saying booyah for Sierras. The new 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab AT4X. Take up to $6,200 off MSRP. And booyah to all new GMC lineup. Be part of the new and head to Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC I-40 and Highway 81 exit 125 in El Reno. Or Dorsey-JonesBuickGMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. See dealer for details. You're a member of the Ref Army, and we know you want to show it this football season. Just visit kref.com, click the KREF store link on the menu, and check out our fresh line of shirts like the official Ref Army tailgate shirt, say goodbye to the Big 12 with our Thanks for the Trophies shirt, and join us in our pink shirt to salute Julie Venable's fight with breast cancer, for which a portion of every purchase will be donated to Stevenson Cancer Center. Find all of that and more at the KREF store. The KREF store, the home of Sooner fans to suit up for the Ref Army. Hey, wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind. Like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. To learn your risk, take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Hey Sooners, I'm OU alum James Spann, and I founded Boyd Street Ventures to invest in promising Oklahoma-connected companies and bring Oklahoma innovation to the world. One of those companies is Vesber Solar, which is making solar panel installations faster and cheaper using breakthrough technology developed at OU. When you invest in our fund, you're investing not only in innovative companies like Vesber Solar, but in Oklahoma's future. Check us out at BoydStreetVentures.com. Boyd Street Ventures, under the radar, above the crowd. Have you or someone you know suffered a loss to your home or business from the recent storms? Before you accept a settlement, call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver is a local-based company helping Oklahomans with claims since 1988 with preparation and expert analysis detailing your loss and insurance settlement. As your trusted consultant, Brown O'Haver can give you peace of mind and make sure you're getting what's yours. Call Brown O'Haver today, 405-735-5510, and make sure they're working for you. Considering an electric vehicle, Wade Electric can help you determine the best type of placement for your EV power so you'll be ready to hit the road soon after it pulls into your driveway. Their trusted professionals can provide help with residential or commercial services. They do it all, from designing your electrical system, upgrading your wiring, breaker boxes, or installing a new EV charger. Call Wade Electric at 405-329-1940 for a free estimate today. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. There are many ways to celebrate a life. For over 80 years, Primrose Funeral Service in Norman has been providing comfort and guidance to families in memorial planning. Prearranging a memorial is the best way for families to take it slow. Talk in a calm, compassionate environment away from the stress and sadness of loss. Primrose Funeral Services offers prepaid plans that protect your loved ones from hard financial decisions at a difficult time. Contact Primrose Funeral Service at 405-321-6000 or visit them at primrosefuneralservice.com. All right, we'll see you in Columbia. Bring your Columbia jackets. That was a joke.
Oh boy, Brian Kelly. I've been laughing at that one for a few days. <laughs> it is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. You, you heard that over the weekend, right, Brian Kelly? I did. Late in the week before his team was uh, set to take on uh, Mizzou and Columbia. <laughs> he can't. He just can't win, man. He's he's always getting made fun of by someone. All right, we'll see you in Columbia. Bring your Columbia jackets. <laughs> that was a joke. Yeah, no, nobody got it there, Brian. See you in Columbia. Bring your Columbia jackets. Uh, Brent from Jinx on the text line. Oh, you'll be just fine at wide receiver. Listen to this list of backups. Established guys. Gibson, G-Freaky, and Petaway. Huge uh-huh. potential. Brennan Thompson, LV Bunkley, Shelton, J.J. Hester. Just hate it for Andrew Anthony and wish him a fast recovery. Couldn't have picked a bye week at a better time to recover and prepare. Yeah. No, I. you know, there's still some – there's still some good talent there in that room, and I'm curious to see what what kind of that starting rotation looks like, what what moves they make, what rotations they make, who, if anyone, starts to get more snaps than than what they've been getting. Because you know, I would expect Anderson to have a bigger role, and because of that, Gibson. What to is, have a bigger role. You, you need a starter now. And right. I know we, we shouldn't get overly concerned with starters at wide receiver, but I would guess Anderson's now a, a starter for you, right? That's what I would think. So if he's now the starter, you would expect Gibson to, to get more rotation, kind of where Anderson was getting rotation. But there still needs to be someone who has not been getting really any reps emerge to be uh, another role player. And maybe that's Brennan Thompson as a speed guy. Maybe that's uh, LV Bunkley Shelton. I don't know who that next guy is going to be. Well, what are you, what are you missing the most with Andrew Anthony being out for the rest of the year? I think it's more than one thing, but it felt like he was this team's main deep threat. Yeah. So I think that that could be a hint to to the answer. And I think Nick Anderson is definitely capable of being a deep threat with this offense. We've seen that. But I, I would tend to think if that's what you're missing out on the most, it means more opportunities for, for Brennan Thompson if he's ready to go. I, I think he is. Yeah, I agree. Um, as long as he's healthy and, and ready to roll and can be dependable health-wise, it, it's, you know, you're – you're not worried about him being in and out of the lineup on a week-by-week basis, then, yeah, it wouldn't shock me. I Hey, you can never have too much speed out on the field. So, 405, I thought it was pretty lame that Sark's main point was, quote, we played bad and wasn't even asked if OU affected that play and how he deflected it. It, it does kind of bring up an interesting point of what do we think of Texas now? You know, they're a one-loss team and they, they have a great win. This does not feel like one of Saban's best teams I think we can all agree with that but in other wins they've had they've just looked okay at times what do we think of Texas now that we've seen him for six games kind of an up and down football team I think that they are I don't think they're as good on the line of scrimmage perhaps as advertised because that's that's really the one place you can't fake it I, you can create some some big explosive plays with skill position guys, and you know quarterback can pull it down and scramble whenever your O line's getting beat. Like you can cover up a lot of problems, you know, by skill position. But you know, whenever you lose on the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, and that's what Texas did. They lost on both sides of the ball. I that is pretty glaring whenever they were thought to have the edge on the line of scrimmage big, on both sides of the a ball. A big edge, by the way, not just a edge. You can't fake winning the line of scrimmage. And that happened on both sides of the ball. It doesn't guarantee that Oklahoma wins the, both sides of the line of scrimmage if they have a rematch. You know, I thought I thought the tempo totally neutralized the size and power the interior defensive line of Texas whenever we were able to start moving the chains a little bit those guys became less and less effective and you could you could tell it was dramatic um and you know their offensive line their center going down 
hurt them pretty bad. Um, and I don't know what the prognosis is on him. I haven't even checked up on it. But, you know, their, their first-round talent at left tackle, he got made to look pretty average a, a bunch of times out there. You know, he got beat. Um, I think that Jatavian Sanders, his health is, you know, that ends up helping the line of scrimmage play a lot because he was a – I didn't think he was a very good blocker to begin with. And with that high ankle sprain, he was totally ineffective as a blocker and was still out there playing a bunch of snaps. So, like, I think that they can definitely get better in that regard if they get their center back and if Jatavian Sanders is back and healthy. But that doesn't just mean, okay, they're going to be back to winning the line of scrimmage on both sides. 661 for the state of California. If Texas has another loss in their future, who do you think it'll be, excluding OU in the Big 12 championship game? Um, still probably Kansas State at home. However, I feel like they got shut out last time they went to Ames. Their offense is starting to get better with Rocco Becht. And I know this isn't a banner Iowa State defense, but they can, they can limit teams. That's not – that is not a good defense for Quinn Ewers to go up against. I don't know how they handled him last year. Maybe they smashed him. I don't no, know. Iowa State should have won that game. Remember Xavier Hutchinson dropped that That's ball. That's right, the deep ball. Um, and then they shut him out the year before that, which he didn't play. In he that dropped game, the deep ball, and didn't they miss a field goal at the end of the game uh, or something too? Maybe. I, remember, I just remember the drop. Or they had, a, they had a drop, and did they have a touchdown call back? For a guy celebrating, or is that um, – I may be confusing a couple years. Anyways, um, at TCU and at Iowa State in back-to-back weeks are not going to be easy. TCU is – I know they're a 3-3 three and three football team right now, and they've lost two straight in the Big 12. They lost to West Virginia, and they lost to Iowa State. But they are still a dangerous offense. And, you know, they have an opportunistic defense like – and Texas traditionally has not played TCU well. We'll see if they can they can kind of get over that and 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 move forward. But I don't Kansas like that three week span of Kansas State at TCU at Iowa State is that's not an easy span for them. Chris and Lindsey, why was Sankey at the game, but that dork your mark wasn't? Will he be at the Big Twelve title game if it's a rematch? LOL. Um, He'll your, be there under protest. He'll I be believe. there under protest. Sankey, I, I guess, called your mark and asked him for not necessarily permission, but was, hey, thinking about going this game, you just to make sure that you're cool with it. Yeah. I guess your mark's going to be um, at the Colorado game on Friday. Colorado Stanford, I think, is who they play at nice. home. Well, um, I, it, it's an interesting dynamic, isn't it? And it was, it was. It was a great year for Sankey to show up. What, it was the most watched college football game of the day. And the most Seven, watched. almost 8 million viewers, I think. Most watched OU Texas game since 09. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Because hasn't, isn't like 08, 09-ish kind of, hasn't that kind of been peak college football for some like for viewership, yeah, it, is is SC Texas still the highest rated or maybe. highest rated game ever? Maybe that's I, right. I kind of feel like that was that was kind of peak, and then you know we've been trying to figure out the format and everything ever since. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. We'll come back and wrap up hour number one next. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. The Showplace Theater is the best place for live music, and with some of the best acts around. Like Carly Pierce, October 14th. Super Rodney Carrington, October 27th. Flatland Cavalry, November 10th. And Justin Moore, November 18th. Riverwind, the Metro's best casino experience. It's time to stand out, be bold, and Buicks are bold at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. Take up to $5,500 off MSRP on new 2023 Buick Envisions. Now that's bold money and unbeatable savings on new 2023 Buick Envisions. Make bold moves. You are going to stand out. Head to Dorsey Jones in El Reno now. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC, I-40 and Highway 81, exit 125 in El Reno, or Dorsey-JonesBuickGMC.com. Experience the new Buick. See dealer for details. 
Teddy Lehman here for my friends at Extreme Outdoor Equipment in Newcastle. They're having their end-of-season blowout on all remaining Bad Boy zero-turn mowers. Even if you weren't planning on buying a new mower until next season, you're going to want to take advantage of this sale. Take $1,000 off the Ramblers, $1,500 off Magnums, $2,000 off Avenger and Elites, $2,500 off Mavericks, and a whopping $3,000 off Maverick HD and Rebels. The sale ends when the last one's gone. Extreme Outdoor Equipment, located at I-44 Exit 108 in Newcastle. As we age, cataract surgery is often an inevitable step. And it's not just about restoring your sight, it's about upgrading your quality of life. So when it's time for cataract surgery, you have one big decision that can affect your vision for the rest of your life. The choice between a standard lens, which often requires you to rely on glasses for reading, or a premium lens. Consider Panoptics, Vivity, or a light adjustable lens, the leading choices that can provide crystal clear vision and freedom from glasses. If you want to see far and you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Sidelined by injury? Valor Physical Therapy can help. At Valor PT, our therapists use their knowledge and skills to help get you back in the game faster. Book your appointment now at ValorPT.com or call 405-265-6449. No referral needed. Mention the ref and get a free t-shirt at your first appointment. That's ValorPT.com. Considering an electric vehicle, Wade Electric can help you determine the best type of placement for your EV power so you'll be ready to hit the road soon after it pulls into your driveway. Their trusted professionals can provide help with residential or commercial services. They do it all, from designing your electrical system, upgrading your wiring, breaker boxes, or installing a new EV charger. Call Wade Electric at 405-329-1940 for a free estimate today. Why did I wait so long to see a retina specialist? Retinal disease can steal your eyesight, but it doesn't have to. Patients who seek care from a retina specialist have the best chance of preventing vision loss due to age-related macular degeneration or diabetic retinopathy. AMD symptoms to look out for are distortion or warping of straight lines, as well as blurred or loss of central vision. Patients with diabetic retinopathy should seek treatment if they notice the appearance of spots or floaters or blurred and distorted vision. Visit seeforalifetime.org. Is your insurance premium rate rising? You need to make the call to your local neighbors at Rightway Insurance. Rightway's number one goal for all their insurance clients is to get the best insurance rates and have an overall positive experience. Rightway Insurance is an independent insurance agency representing many different companies for your insurance needs. Give us a call, 405-607-6014, or complete a quote form at rightwayinsuranceok.com, and we'll be happy to answer any of your insurance questions. That's Rightway Insurance, 405-607-6014. Sometimes I just cannot believe all the storms we've gone through here. I can only hope that we'll be able to leave this house to you one day, baby. You're our legacy. Planning for these disasters will make sure we're safe. And it's the best way to protect that legacy. Protect your legacy. Visit ready.gov forward slash plan for the tools and tips you need to start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. I'm Gina Mitchell of Mitchell's Jewelry. As Oklahoma's largest diamond importer, we know that diamonds are often the center of your celebrations, engagement, and anniversaries, of course, but there are many more occasions worthy of a diamond, like a promotion or a milestone birthday. It would be our honor to choose a diamond for a necklace or ring or perfectly matched set of diamond earrings while we're in the diamond rooms of Antwerp, Belgium. Order yours before October 24th, and you could be our 70th Antwerp diamond winner. Mitchell's Jewelry in the heart of Norman at 2201 West Main Street. Cavens Group bringing you this hour of the rush. If you have an emergency 24 hours a day, give Cavens a call. They specialize in fire, water, mold, remediation, and crime scene cleanup. That's Cavens Group 405-573-3048. Cavens Group 405-573-3048. Indecisive Sooner says, I may be the odd one out, but I don't want to see Texas make the Big 12 championship. I want to see them crumble and lose two to three more games this season. I got no problem with that. I, that does not. It shouldn't make you the odd one out, indecisive sooner. And because I will not be rooting for them at any point. Like I, I never do. I'm curious to see, like what the response is from that team if they take another loss at some point here in the near future. You know, you've got a bunch of 
You got a bunch of talented guys that are supposed to be drafted fairly high, and you know, if, if all of a sudden those those championship aspirations become something that are possibly not going to happen, what type of buy-in and culture do you have to keep those guys playing hard for one another? Well, with what the rest of the league looks like, depending on who it was, who it's to, they could maybe lose another game and still make the, the Big 12 championship this yeah. year. How about and, this? Um, I did like a top five ranking teams most likely to play in the Big 12 championship game. Most likely is OU right now. They're, what, 3-0 in conference so far. Yeah. Number two is Texas, 2-1 and one in conference. Number three even though Jalen Daniels is out again this week, I'm putting KU 2-1 and one in the league, and I think they might be the third-best team in the league. Number four, I put West Virginia. Uh, what are they, 2-0 and oh in the conference, I think, Correct. up to this point. And then at number five, I'm putting Kansas State there, just except for their first conference loss of the year. What do you think about that top five? Most likely to get there. I think it's right. OU 1, Texas 2, KU 3, West Virginia 4, K-State 5. I think most likely is West Virginia, then Kansas, and um, I'm just operating off of the fact that I talk about this all the time. Since the new Big 12 championship game has been reinstated, there has been a new team playing it every single year that has never played in it before which is insane it is insane west virginia has never played in it and kansas has never played in it so <laughs> or byu makes a run throughout the rest yeah, of the way and they play it i guess any of the new teams so you're um, continuing to go with the uh hey the the numbers the stat doesn't lie Keep I, rolling with it. And maybe Texas Tech can really turn things around, but uh, that doesn't okay. seem now like you're, it's going to happen. Now you're getting a little crazy That's right there. Right. Good point by Sean. The only drawback to no rematch would be officiating in the tiny 12 title game. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Like That's like that's a 14-point swing there against anyone that's else. That's 4D chess. We need them there to keep the officiating level. All right, quick timeout. Hour number two is next. You're listening to the home of Sooner fans, KREF, Norman, Oklahoma, and streaming live on the KREF app. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Wagner's Heating and Air Conditioning, expert technicians, plus industry-leading Linux equipment. They're perfect together. Learn more about special savings on Linux products by calling Wagner's Heating and Air, 405-329-2076, or wagnershvac.com. Hey, Sooner basketball fans, it's time for 